to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm an ADHD coach, and I get up every day passionate about supporting individuals who are impacted by ADHD and executive function skill challenges. I share my experiences, what I find in my research, in my readings, and tried and true practices in the hopes that it makes your life a little bit more ADHD friendly. This is episode number 33. And today I'm gonna be talking about social challenges and ADHD. So according to Psych Central, about 15 million adults are impacted to some degree by social anxiety. And what research has also shown is that some ADHD symptoms can impact social skills and make communication more challenging. So these are three things that Psych Central says ADHD can make you more likely to do. The first is interrupting people during conversations. The second, jumping between conversations in a way that's hard for other people to follow. You might know where you're going, but other people may not make the connection when you go off into an example from something that they've never participated in or they aren't making the connection with you and you might lose them. And the third is getting distracted during social interactions where you lose the thread of the conversations. Maybe you jumped around a bit and then you lost the thread and you couldn't remember what you were trying to get back to. So these challenges impact our confidence in social situations and over time can make it harder for us to go into social situations without feeling some discomfort. My own my, my family growing up, I have an older sister who is literally the most outgoing person you can imagine. She's literally surrounded by people all the time. She makes friends with apparent just ease and comfort. And she's what I call a more than merrier person. If you're going out to lunch and she's walking down the street or she's driving out in her car and she sees a neighbor, hey, we're going to lunch. Do you want to join us? Like that's just who she is and always who she's been. I'm the opposite. I've always had maybe one to three really good friends at a time. I call myself a less is more kind of person. And for the friends that I've made through my life, except for my very longest and dearest friend, my best friend, Lisa, who I made friends with, with just relative ease and never really had to work at it. We've just, you know, kind of connected instantly when we met each other and have just always been friends. Outside of that, I've always had to work at making friends. It took effort. It took energy. It took time. Each one was so worth it. And as I get older, I built the skills that I need to make friends, but instead of becoming easier, it's actually become harder to make new friends. And I've moved around in my adult life several times. And each time I was in a new place, I found I had to really use those muscles of making friends, the, the skills that can be challenging with ADHD to make new friends. And a few years ago, I moved yet again, to another new state where I know nobody. And this time around, it was even more difficult because it was impacted by the pandemic. 
it shut down everything. But in a lot of ways, it was much easier for me to tolerate the social exclusion that the pandemic created because it was an excuse for me not to need to be social. I didn't need to go out and try to make friends and connections. It was just easier to, I don't need to do that. But now with vaccines and boosters and really, you know, across the country, the mask mandates are either gone or relaxed and it really is possible to be social again. I've realized that I really do need to be a little bit more intentional about this and change some things. If I'm going to have a social life here in my new home. So a few weeks ago, I had my second outing socially with a local friend here in 2022, which isn't too bad when you think about it was winter. I live in Illinois. So, you know, it was cold and snowy and all of that that comes with winter. And so, you know, it was not as much going out, walking around, but we were also in a pandemic. So it was still kind of closed up over the winter and just started easing really in the last couple of months. So two outings in this 2022 year doesn't sound too bad, but here's the truth. They were my first two outings non-family members with people that I didn't know since I've lived here for over three years. So two in the first few months of this year doesn't sound bad, but two in almost you know three and a half, four years, not as, not as great, not as good. And that's hard to admit, but it is the truth. And it's also why I really felt like I wanted to do this podcast to share my own challenges and strategies and experience. And, and hopefully if, if this is something that you have some difficulties around, it can support you to move past where you are and get close to where you're trying to be. So I am acknowledging that I do miss having local friends to do things with, to be able to go have coffee or invite to lunch or go see a movie from time to time. And while clearly I'm not a social butterfly, as I illustrated with the example of my sister and I being such social opposites, I would like to have one or maybe two outings a month. That, that really would be enough for me. And not having someone to call if I see like a movie preview for a movie that I don't feel like anybody in my family would want to go see with me. It'd be more of a girlfriend movie. I don't have anybody locally to ask to do that with. And I haven't since we've moved here. And now that the pandemic has eased up and I do feel like I could go out to movies again, I'd like to have that again. So that isn't going to change unless I change something. So I did a little research in preparing for this podcast. And what I learned was that research shows that it takes about 90 hours to make a new friend. 90 hours. <laughs> that really feels in large part almost insurmountable because right now I'm not spending more than an hour or two a week with people outside of my house because I work from home and I'm not, you know, I'm not involved with friends outside of the house. I'm not going to work. So I'm not really doing anything to the, the, the pace that I'd be at 90 hours to make a new friend at all. Um, so 
I'm gonna, I'm really, you know, the 90 hours really kind of, it makes sense, but it, it was still, I pushed back a little bit. So I, I decided just to start from my first strategy I'm gonna share with you. And that was, I made a list of all of my existing friends. And I've moved around a number of times, some like local moves, um, but three different times I moved to different states like I am right now. And so I made a list from states that I lived in. I went in order from after I moved, after I got married, you know, graduated from college and got married and, and I moved to North Carolina. I made a list of, you know, as an adult, what friends did I have when I lived there? And then if I moved to a different house, where did I, what friends do I have from there? And then I, I made a whole list today of all of the friends that I've made as an adult that I consider good, like lifelong friends. And, and then I, I made a chart to show where I met them. So I was trying to see where were the patterns? What were the, the conditions that made it possible to make these friends? And I'm just gonna show you a mock-up I did of the chart that I created. And I literally just listed friends' names here. And I just had, I wrote down if I met them at school or college, if I met them at work, if I met them um, either at like as a parent or play group, um, or maybe at the school function, so anything to do with parenting, if they were a neighbor, if I met them at a class or a book club or like a yoga class, or if I met them somewhere else, something other. And I just check boxes for where I met my friends and I look for patterns. And what I noticed was the vast majority of the friends that I've had throughout my life, I met either when I was in college or in a work environment or when my kids were younger. It was much easier because I was constantly needing to facilitate playgroups and taking my kids to activities and birthday parties and getting involved in school. And it just was an environment that supported being around people for clearly you know, 90 hours, like research shows is needed to make a new friend. And then I, I lived in Texas for a few years and my kids were still young enough, but they weren't going to the same school as some of the people that lived closest to us. And that was the one environment where I made friends with my neighbors. And what I did was I started a coffee group because again, I was the new person on the block. I was pregnant at the time and expecting our fourth child and I was staying home. And I knew if I didn't create some structure, it, I didn't know how I was gonna make friends easily because I just knew how much work it was to have a baby. And that was the one thing out of all of the friends that I've made over the years that I personally kind of created. So I had this evidence that, oh, well, that's interesting. That was one thing I did that, that I made lasting friendships with several women who I'm still friends with today. And that was, that was really helpful for me to see that. So that was my, my first strategy, make a friend list and know everywhere where I met my friends and I identified patterns and noticed what made it easy and what made it, you know, what were the conditions, um, what were the places and, you know, again, what, what's going to make that 90 hours possible. So that was step one. Step two, now that I don't live near any of those friends and I'm in Illinois, I decided um, to take what I started really informally was in a notes app, right? I called it my potential friends list. And I threw some structure around it from what I noticed from my, my list of friends that I've made over the years. 
And so I listed all of the people I've come in contact with, my neighbors, my hairdresser, my, the people I'm, I belong to in knitting groups, so the people in my knitting group, parents of any of my kids' friends that I've met since we've lived here, people I knew before I moved here that lived here, who I was friends with virtually, but not in person. And they, I've added them to the list. Like, okay, maybe you need to reach out. Like that might be an easy place to start if you already have a connection with them and just see if that can foster a friendship locally. So I made a list of all of my friends and then I, I noticed that there were kind of levels of friends that I have. And my levels are probably different than anyone else's levels. So I, I just share the concept of levels and I'm gonna share my example, but I invite you if, if this is something that's sparkly and interesting for you to try to define what is your level look like. So my, my level starts with level one that I call somebody I'd be comfortable reaching out to to invite to meet up for coffee or lunch somewhere. Um, this would be outside of my house, not inviting them over. And that's not something, again, my sister would, you know, have 20 people over within the first month that she's living somewhere and have a barbecue and just invite everyone. And they, they would show up. Um, I'm not at all comfortable inviting somebody to come into my house for the first time. That's a, that's a different level of a friendship. So for me, level one would be meeting someone out at a coffee shop or, you know, restaurant for lunch. That's level one. Level two would be inviting them to go see a movie. For me, that feels a little bit more difficult, more challenging. So that's a level two, going to a movie or an event. Level three for me might be taking a class with someone, joining a book club, you know, together, um, going shopping. For some reason that feels like that's a different level. I've learned over the years for me to get to a level I'm going shopping with someone that feels more challenging for me. So that's a level three. And then level four is kind of like that. We're all in, in our friendship. We might go, you know, spend the day together, have lunch, go shopping, go see a movie. Um, with some of my closest friends, it might be a weekend getaway that we're traveling together. That's like, like, you know, real level of comfort with friends. And I also include in level three and four, that's kind of depending on the person at the level where I'm feeling more comfortable inviting you over to my house. For some reason, that's always been a challenge for me. So I'm sharing that here in case that resonates for you. It, it's almost like, you know, pulling back the veil and being comfortable inviting somebody in to my home to, to see how, you know, the real life, like the, the dog hair, because I have dogs, you know, that, that might be, that might get stuck on your clothes. <laughs> and I'll see when you stand up, I'm like, ah, you know, just all those little things that I can get in my head about. So I tend to be more comfortable and able to tolerate that if I've been um, friends with you a little bit that we're moving to the next level. So it's not a level one thing for me, that's like a level three or level four. So those are my levels. I'm going to show you just a, a quick graph again that I did where I listed potential friends and I just, you know, kind of identified like what level could these be? And these are friends and, and just, you know, examples, I just put some names here of who might be a potential friend. And maybe if I want more, maybe I can meet them in a class if I sign up for a class. Maybe I could join a book club because that's a passion of mine is reading. So maybe I can find a local book club to join or maybe I could start one or look for a local meetup um, group. So these were just, again, getting it out of my head and into a structure that I could use to try to support myself to notice what feels easiest when I'm, when I'm trying to grow my friend base and make new friends here in my new home. And then strategy number three, now that I have my potential friends list, I borrowed a strategy 
from a podcast called Happier. If you haven't heard the podcast, I highly recommend it. It's um, a podcast with Gretchen Rubin and her sister Elizabeth, and they come out with a new podcast every week. It has great structure, great tips, lots of fun, good energy when they're talking together. It's just so much fun. I look forward to it every week. And I've listened to them for a few years now, and they share this strategy every year. Um, this year, it's 22 for 22 list. So 22 things that you want to do in 2022. And I've used this to throw structure around my goal to make more social connections, more friends locally. And so I call it my social outings 22 for 22 list. And I literally just on a, a piece of paper, you know, wrote one through 22 and I have a little checkbox next to each number where I'm just listing out where I can write down the 22 social challenges that I succeeded with in 2022. So basically two a month roughly is what I'm going for. And I get to count anything that feels challenging socially. So my intention is to make more local connections, but I also recognize that I, if I challenge myself anywhere socially, it's building up my social skills muscles. And so I'm gonna share with you how I'm doing so far. So this is my update. I've been doing this for, for I'm gonna take you through April, even though I know this is podcast is coming out later. I'm gonna take you where I am through the end of April. And I have hit my, my goal of eight outings in the first four months of the year. So I am roughly at you know, two a month, so exactly where I wanted to be. But let me tell you what qualified as those eight outings. Three of the eight were family related. So dinner out with family members, um, not that live with me. So with my sister, her husband, my brother, his wife. So immediate family in-laws kind of family. Um, who don't live near me. So, you know, kind of planning that and navigating that to make it happen. That was three of them. One event I'm counting, even though it didn't happen. So it was planned with, again, I reached out to a local friend and we scheduled lunch. And so I planned the train into the city and um, I was all ready to go and she needed to cancel the morning up. And I still counted it because I was absolutely going to go. I wasn't backing out of it, which sometimes I'll do if I have a lot of um, kind of stress around a social outing. And so I, I gave myself credit because I was all in ready to go and had all the plan and the bus schedule and, or the train schedule and everything. I just had to cancel because or my friend had to cancel. So it wasn't something that worked out. So that was the fourth outing that I'm counting. Two of the remaining four, and this one's hard to admit, but Two of them that I counted were actually funerals. So yes, I counted two funerals, two different funerals as social outings. And it's because each one required me to exert social effort. I spoke at one of the funerals and that was really, really difficult for me. And I didn't have to, but I really wanted to. And so I challenged myself and allowed myself to count that as a social outing because it, it required social effort. So the remaining two are the two out of 2022 so far that were genuinely with local new friends, people that I thought, okay, I'm gonna reach out and see if this person wants to meet me for lunch, if this person wants to you know, grab coffee. And I've done that twice now. And 
I don't know if I would have done the two without the other social challenges being allowed to be counted so I could see the progress. So I just really want to drive that, that point for me that was really important to acknowledge any and all progress and count all social outings that require effort for me. So my successes so far have been incredibly helpful because I allowed myself to start from where I was. I got out of any judgment and I allowed myself to count anything that felt challenging socially. And now getting those, those plans out of our head, like, like I shared having, you know, I, I turn these into pretty little, you know, a little bit more visually um, shareable for you guys. But for me, it was just, you know, a sheet of paper and, and tracking it. And then my list, this is my 22 for 22 list. Um, where I'm just tracking it. I have my first eight written down. I have nine, the ninth one scheduled with another local um, person that I've, I've got a lunch scheduled with and I'm excited about. So I, I have it written down. I can't check it off until I've done it, but I've written it down to show that I'm still actively looking for those opportunities and it's working really well. And I'm also adding this to my palm, my personal owner's manual. So I can remember what is it that I did that made it easier to make friends? What's the environment that makes it easier for me to connect with people? And then the last strategy that I wanna share is linked to passions. I mentioned this a minute ago when I talked about, you know, maybe I'll join a book club. I am passionate about knitting, which is like my new skill that I've developed since I've been here. And it's really the one social thing I do each week that I look forward to every week. And I just genuinely enjoy the people that I get to, um, spend time with in my knitting group. So knitting and reading. And I don't have an outlet. I don't belong to a book club here. Or, you know, I'm not able to talk books with people since I've moved here. And I thought, hmm, that would be sparkly. That would be something I would be motivated to, to find or to create potentially. So that's on my list. So I invite you just to think about what are you passionate about? Because what I've learned from my own patterns is if there's something I'm passionate about, it pulls my bravery up and helps me step outside my comfort zone with a little bit more ease. So maybe it's volunteering, maybe it's an activity that you really enjoy that's gonna make that easier for you. I almost had a second activity that I could write down for this month. I'm a member of uh, a coaching, a coach credentialing organization ICF, and I belong to the local chapter here in Chicago, and they were having their, uh, their first in-person gathering in over two years because of the pandemic, and I was like, oh my gosh, that, that's perfect. Coaches will have something in common. I, if it's been at least two years, there's probably new members that, that don't know other people as well, so I may not be the only person that doesn't know anybody there. That, that creates ease. That creates a little bit more comfort with the idea of starting something new that I'm not familiar with. So I, I looked it up and I found out the venue that it was going to be held at. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's perfect, but it's downtown. So let me see what parking's like just to you know help myself decide if I want to commit and register to attend. And when I looked up the venue to see if it was like a parking garage that was nearby or if I was going to have to park on the street, for me, that creates resistance. I don't love parallel parking. I don't like driving downtown. So I just wanted to see where it was located. And the front page of the venue, it's like a restaurant slash pub, has a picture of the establishment. And there's no little side room I looked to see. And this was a picture of 
the room. And depending on how this, you know, lands for you, this for me, high ceiling, tons of people, big open restaurant, done. Nope, not doing it. So I immediately allowed myself to not do that. That's not going to be something that I could lean into and rise to the occasion and navigate. And again, for me, it was the distance from where I am, the location that I, I would need to go to, the noise level, the number of people, the venue that it's being held in, the, all of this doesn't work for me. If it was just the distance, but it was going to be held in a, like a conference or a meeting room. Okay. I could tolerate that, but this was too many things that made it feel too challenging. So this isn't my thing. This isn't going to be the thing that I'm going to be able to add to my list and check off there, but I will keep an eye out and see if they have other gatherings coming up. That might be something that I could say yes to. This just isn't the one for me. So remember with ADHD, we often do have social challenges. For me, that can, that does contribute to social avoidance and to manage it with more ease. I'm acknowledging where I am. I'm noticing what worked in the past and intentionally bringing it into some strategies to support me with my goal of 22 social outings in 2022. And remember, I count any social outing that feels challenging. It counts towards my goal. That's helping me to continue leaning into this and looking for more opportunities instead of getting really heavy with the expectation that I need to do this and it creating pressure. Pressure doesn't work. I need it to stay sparkly and interesting so I can navigate it with ease. I'm going to continue updating my progress. This will hold me accountable and keep it interesting. I'll update on the wins as well as the challenges, and we'll see where we land. My hope is to have 22 outings at the end of 22, but regardless of where that number is, I'll be closer to the 90 hours that research shows is required to make a, a real friendship. I'll be closer to that because I'm focusing on it and I'm tracking it. That's all for this episode of the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I always strive to do my best to share information with you, but if part of it doesn't resonate, please let me know. But also if, if you do enjoy this and you know anybody else that might, please share it, subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me where you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, as always, Kelly Health.